ready to talk Michigan football with former Wolverine Jim Scarcelli on this last Wednesday of February. Scar, it's great to see you. What's going on? Fired up, Danny. Fired up, man. I just got a little text from our uh, our mutual friend, the, the, the pride of Trenton, Big Hoss, Gindia, Big John. He says, Brady McGregor, they interviewed him down there at the uh, Combine. This is what McGregor said. He said, man, it feels like Shem Beckler Hall down here. We got Coach McDonald over here looking at us. We got Coach Harbaugh, Coach Elston, you know, all the, the former Michigan coaches. So that was great. You got 18 Wolverines, 17.8% of all the athletes that were invited to the combine are Wolverines, 17.8%. I don't know how that – that's the stat that was sent to me. But, uh, Danny, we, we, real quick, though, this time of year, I've covered this in the past, you're building your team. You're in the weight room. You know, I, I remember being the young freshman. You go through a season, you play the bowl game, and now all them older dudes are gone. And you're in the weight room, and you're starting to see a pecking order. You're starting to see guys step up. You have your team runs. You know, your team lifts. And, you know, when you're a sophomore, you just kind of keep your mouth shut and you go along and, you know, and, but you see, you know, the guys that are going to be seniors and you start to see that, you know, who's leading the drills, who's winning the sprints, who's, who's maybe saying something at the end of practice. Um, you know, the, the words are not all that important. I was always a guy that admired the guys that were just flat out stud, you know, every day on time, worked their butt off, led by example guys. but. Anyway, that's going on. So you're starting to really build your, uh, you know, your team and your leadership in the weight room right now. Our guys, is it? Do you think it's the same? Do you do you lift with your your classmates? Do you lift with your position group? Do you lift uh, the offense defense? How does that work? I think they do it a little different. They do position groups. They have these guys come in at, at different times. Right? I think they, they do have some team runs, though. I think it's good to have everyone together, you know, to constantly build team. You just got to constantly do it, man. And those team runs, and, yeah, you can't. But anyway, uh, old Papa here says, Scar looks like he could still suit up. How about that, Danny? Yeah. Well, why don't you go ahead, uh, <laughs> Papa and everybody else. You know, you're, you're flashing your arms there. What's up? Do you – you working out every day, a couple times. No, I'm week? three days a week. I'm a, I'm in about an hour, just enough, man. Eat right, you know. Get your work in, and just stay consistent, man. It never changes. You just got to be consistent. Can't be a part time guy. You you change up your workouts yeah, after? a little bit, but not much. You get older. I can't be trying a lot of new stuff. I'll come out doing some new movement or something. I'll be limping for two weeks. So you got to you get your groove, you get your routine. You got a lot of have. A, I need a long warm up. You know, it ain't like the old days. You can just you know get out there and and start uh, running around. You know, you got to warm up and but stay on it, man. Your health, no substitute. These guys put two twenty five on, and then you know they'll they'll go to see how much they can lift that, how many times is. 
So you'll warm up and then you'll throw 225 on and, and then, you know, you'll throw it up 30, 40 times. Just oh, like they do yeah. the you know, Danny, what's interesting is you talk about the combine. I remember when we had our pro day, I did it 22 times. I weighed like 230. And uh, yeah, they, you know, that was just, I don't know. I remember doing that. I did it 22 times. We had a guy, Bob Tabacino, he did it like almost 50 times. Wow. Yeah, he could bench almost 600 pounds. But um, they still do the same test, the shuttle, the 40, you know. And so, yeah, there's there's guys this week that are going to run some of the most important 40-yard dashes of their life. You know, those every every split uh, second matters, split second matters, and on how these guys are evaluated. Yeah, I was talking about that Monday. The JJ could be faster than people expect, and he could turn some heads. I think Corum could. Corum's got really good football speed, and then Roman Wilson might be the fastest guy in Indy. So there's a lot of things with with those guys. And there's, uh, like you said, one another uh, 14 guys that are going to run. And then, uh, so we'll see what they're at. But with those three. I think we'll uh, could turn some heads. Hey, people like Michigan guys, man. You know, I I, I read some articles from some, some scouts and you know general managers and and you know you know you you play for Jim Harbaugh. They talked about you can coach them hard. You can coach guys hard. They're going to be smart. They're going to be responsible guys. You know, they're not going to you know, and that's that's a compliment to Jim and, and the culture and. Uh, and it's going to make, you know, Jerome's going to maintain all of that, that you can coach a guy hard, you can get in his face. He's not going to, you know, he's competitive, he's uh, responsible, and just all the little things you want in your players, man, that these yeah. guys wanted Michigan. Don't fool yourself. That's why 18 of them are there. It's not just that they're all great athletes. They're, 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 they're the kind of guys that these teams want culturally, okay. mentally. Yeah, and I'm sure they're sitting around thinking they want to go as high as they can, but they also want to go to a place that that they can find a, a an area where they might you know be the best fit. And then I think they probably are all like, uh, if I'm a defensive player, I want to play for the Ravens or I want to play for the Seahawks. You know, John Harbaugh and that system, uh, Seahawks with Mike McDonald said, or I want to go play for Harbaugh. Uh, for the Chargers, I, Blake Corum wants to play for Harbaugh. I can see that. I think any of those guys probably want to play for Harbaugh. But then it's just like you want to go anywhere uh, after that. You might not want to go to Buffalo or Green Bay. I don't think if you have your wish list, I, you, you want to go anywhere, but I might not want to go there. We go to Miami. I don't know, man. You throw enough money at your money talks. You, these guys will go anywhere. Just give, well, them, yeah, give them a chance to play and compete. You know, these guys will go. Yeah, everything being equal, though, I, I would want to go to, and if I was Roman Wilson, now Roman Wilson came to uh, from Hawaii to Michigan, so he's he's familiar with the cold weather and everything else, but he might want to go to L.A. I don't know. Yeah, That's, I don't know, man. You know, you go where you you you, you know you they draft you, you go where you go. I mean, I was a free agent. I picked the team. I I had a, I had like four options, and thought we got a lot of guys are going to be free agents and. And, um, you know, and you picked the Raiders. Out. Pardon? You picked the Raiders. Yeah. I just, I just thought it was the best. You just like Al Davis. You thought, you know, I'm, I'm an Al Davis type player. I just thought it was the easy, best t- chance for me to make the team based on what they had, you know? So, okay. But, um, no, anyway, like, you know, the, 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 the strength, the weight room is what's happening, man. And it's, there's a whole lot of 
building that team, Danny, it's just so important. I know as a coach, you know, I was in, in this time of year, man, there's just, you're, you're, you know, you're just pounding, man. You're, you're finding out about guys and you're, it's, it's, uh, it's easy to show up on Saturday, Danny, with a hundred thousand and be fired up, but how fired up are you, you know, in the middle of February when it's cold and ain't nothing happening to go in there and crush the weight room. So you're finding out. And then these strength coaches too, man, you know, these new guys are, uh, you know, they, 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 like I talked about it, they ain't taking no back seat. They're not going to be, I'm, I guarantee you, they were coming out swinging at these players, you know, that, hey, Ben's gone, but man, we're here. So we're bringing it. Yeah, they have to. They're the ones that are making the first impression. You know, they got Sharon Moore and everything, but Herbert's gone and the guy was a legend and they have, Moore has to replace Harbo's a legend. All those guys uh, in the weight room have to replace Herbert, who's a legend. So they all have their work cut out for him. So do we. We're going to get to from the last year's team championship team. The the eighteen guys that Scar says they're in Indy, who are going to be the toughest to replace. And then uh, Scar has a point about something that Sharon Moore has to do. But we're going to start out with the horns. The horns are coming in on September the 7th. Michigan opens up with uh, Fresno on the last day of August. And then a week later, they they take on uh, the Texas Longhorns, Steve Sarkeesian and company coming in. Let's start there, Scar. What about these horns? What do you think they're thinking about Michigan? You know, Denny, the, the Michigan coaches, okay, we open up with Fresno. You know, we've got spring ball coming right around the corner. You know, if, if if I'm Wink Martindale, I'm looking at the Buckeye film. I'm looking at Spartan film. I'm starting with those two guys. But I'm taking, a, you know, everybody on our schedule. I'm taking a look at what Minter did. I might take a look at what McDonald did against Ryan Day. You know, I'm looking at a lot of Oregon State film because that's what I'm going to see. So you 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 you're looking you're looking at Texas. Michigan coaches are looking at Texas. You know, that's game two. Obviously, we start with Fresno, but they're gonna be working on that stuff in those 15 practices. There'll be a bit of Spartan, there'll be some Buckeye, there'll be some Texas. And anyway, Wink will be working on those things. Sharon and the offense will be working on those things. So Texas is, you know, they're smart guys too. They're going to look at Michigan. You know, they're going to look at our defense. You know, okay, we had McDonald. We had Minter and what he did and the things he did. And now they got to figure out what is this guy uh, Wink going to do? You know, they, they know the structure is pretty much going to stay the same. But they're probably, Denny, they're probably looking at some Giants tape. They're looking at some Ravens tape. And they're looking at those things. How different is this guy and what are his beliefs? You know, how different is it than mentors? So I just wanted to point it out that those things are going on. You're looking at that. You got to, you know, you got to think about getting some work in spring ball. You know, they're looking at how did, how did, does Wink adjust to certain formations compared to uh, mentor? You know, they're going to look at the same formations that maybe they saw in the pros. Um, and, you know, if, if I was at Texas, I would look at, what Baltimore, when he was there, or what the Giants did against, like, what I don't know if the Giants played the Ravens, you know, the running quarterback stuff. 
because we're going to have a lot of Raven offense in our in our playbook. So they're looking at adjustments, the stunts, and 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 and, and they're going to prepare for all that. They're going to obviously look at our players on defense. And if I'm if I think I think their defensive coach is going to you know look at our. I think they're going to see. Uh, I don't think there's going to be much changes in, in our offense, but you know, the big thing is who's our quarterback going to be. That's a thing. They, that's a kind of an advantage for us. Now we know who their quarterback is. That kid went into Alabama and won last year, yours. So he's a good quarterback. They got that question answered. We don't know who our guy is, but they don't know either. You know, they got to prepare for orgy. They got to prepare for Denigle. They got to prepare for Tuttle. So, you know, they will be scouting our spring game, Denny. Uh, they will be looking at our spring game big time, you know, and, and, you know, this is one of the things like I talked about, you know, the big, the big blue fence over there on uh, stadium Boulevard to keep the rats away with the cameras. You don't think that that's important in spring ball to keep the people away from filming our practice and, and, and looking at things, you know? So anyway, a lot of stuff going on with them. There's some advantages of that we don't, you know, we don't know which quarterback is going to play, but uh, that's what's happening. Do you think that uh, no, it wouldn't come from Michigan? And I know it just happened uh, last year. People would say, "Hey, wait a second, everything." But do you think we should send a a uh, I don't know a, a reconnaissance uh, down to Austin where they're practicing and having like the a, a Connor Stallions type? Not that somebody's on the staff, but. Uh, you know, is Michigan trying to to tape Texas? No, practice? we're not doing that. Oh and, no, but I'm, I'm saying we're going to be at their spring game. They're, no, sure, there. right? You'll be at the spring game. Yeah, I'm with, just saying. With, just, with Danny, the, the rats are out there, man. They got D'Antonio on tape. You got the guy that uh, from the old Spartan said D'Antonio sent guys to Ann Arbor to film. So, you know, th there's a big question mark as to what our offense might look like. With it. I would want to know. <laughs> Listen, if I'm going to play Michigan, I would want to know what who the starting quarterback is as soon as possible because that really affects. You know, there's a big. I think there's just a difference between. You know, you're not going to have all that run stuff with Tuttle. You know, it, it matters, but no, hell no, Michigan isn't doing that. But I think the enemy has done it to us, Denny. That's why we built that big uh, Mark D'Antonio fence out there, Urban Meyer fence out there, in honor of those two guys. That's why it was built. Danny, that's why it was built, man, in honor of those guys. It wasn't built uh, for shade. No, you can't be too careful when it comes no, to No, because we caught people over there, man. We caught them. That's why it was it was built. So <laughs> anyway, you know, um, yeah, we got to get, uh, you know, figure out what, uh, what, what tech, you know, we're looking at Texas, obviously working, but they got their same defensive coaches back, same offensive coaches back. And, um, but we're looking at all that. You know, and, and those are the things you're going to work on in the spring. Buckeye, Spartans, Texas, those three would be high on my list because the other guys, you'll, 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 but you've always got to work on the Buckeyes and the Spartans. And all right. Well, right off the top, when you talk about the toughest guys to replace, JJ McCarthy is going to, is going to take the, the number one spot. I think that would be everybody's vote. He's going to be the toughest to replace. Uh, is that true? Who else? Yeah, Danny, you know, there's no question, you know, there's no question. And, and, and what bugged me about the whole, it was not the way I, I used to do things as a coach. 
I wanted to get, I, I just, I'm still not happy that we didn't get our, our young guys more work. Now I, we had some games that we got them some work, you know, Denigal and orgy. We had a little package for orgy, but I just wish they would have got a hell of a lot more work. No question. JJ's going to be the most difficult to replace, but Hey, if we get great performance early, we're going to forget about it soon. But you know, I've got offensively, I just have so much, and I'm looking at it from a standpoint, Danny, of who the if you have a really good replacement and you have a lot of great confidence in your replacement, that's why I obviously Corm is a great player, but I, I don't have him as 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 big as a difficulty replace as like a guy like AJ Barner because he was just so crucial to our run game. I just I think I don't have an answer for who our blocking tight end is. So that's why I have him as the second most uh toughest guy to replace. I mean, there might be an answer, but I know, I know at the running back position, I got Donovan, you know, we, and I, I think I was wrong about Jordan Marshall. I said the kid might have a hard time playing. I yeah. looked at some of his highlight films and I saw that kid in person play down here at uh, King a couple years ago. Uh, he, 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 he's going to be battling. He might get some early clock. So we're going to have four good looking running backs. So Barner is my second guy in offense. And then the guy in defense, Denny, again, I, I Jenkins was a great player. Santa Stroll is a great player. But I think we have really, really good good depth there, guys that are going to plug in. Uh, but I, I'm thinking Junior is going to be the toughest guy to replace defensively. He had such a good year. And we still got a few questions as to how good are the replacements going to be at the linebacker position. So those are my three, J.J., Barner, because I don't know which guy can block, and then Junior um, on defense. That all makes sense. Now, I don't have the, the football background but it, it, that you do, but if I was making a selection of three, J.J. definitely would be number one. I might go to, to Drake Nugent. They've had such uh, great production from the last three years, from Vastardis to Olu, and then Nugent last year. And and I don't know, maybe Greg Crippen's going to just pick it right up and get in there uh, right in the center of everything, be able to make the calls, and and he'll be great with a new quarterback. But I would put him uh, pretty high on the list. And I would put Sainra still. The thing with Sainra still is, is that when the, the transfer portal was open, Michigan, they, they were interested – well, at least at the beginning, they went after. This is not doesn't make make it that oh these these are the two positions that. But they went after a tall wide receiver. They went after two of them: one from Wake Forest and one from Indiana. And then they went after uh, two corners. Uh, the one guy from Northwestern, and then another one uh, down south that I think went to uh, Old Miss, maybe from Louisiana, even where the Michigan DB coach is from, uh, Amos, I think. But. So, and, and one of them looked like he was a, a, a slot guy, but I, I would put say Sam still made so many, not, not only was he so good at covering, not only was he good at tackling, but he was, he's, he was a great player. He made big time plays uh, in the two years that he was over there. That's just tough. Uh, um, and maybe no, you're right. Danny, you're right. He, he, put him he, absolutely right. And I could be wrong. And he, he had a great, he had a great career. Jerry, Jerry had that film last week looking at uh, some of our young offensive linemen. Yeah, yeah. I, that's why I don't have Crippen on that list because I got faith in the kid. Jerry pointed out some things that he did. He did, he did. He, he liked it. He looked like it. And we've been looking at him. 
And 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 I know, like I, I said, I, I played with guys that sat at the bench for four, three, four years. They were damn good players, man. Just play behind good players. So he's uh, – that's why we didn't bring no transfer in. And, and, you know, Danny, I've been saying for the last couple months that I don't think our starting quarterback is on our roster, right? You have said that. That's right. But I, I think with – I do believe now the fact that they invited Tuttle back I think they're ha- they're satisfied with the three guys that we have. That's that's I just don't I don't see some somebody uh, of note showing up in the portal that's going to be better than the three guys we have. So I do not now think they're going to bring a transfer quarterback in. I think they feel comfortable with the three guys we have. Well, the other thing to consider, and in, in you, that's obvious, but you always want to win a championship, so you always want to go to. Uh, whatever it was, January the 8th. But there were a lot of other teams already lining up and going after quarterbacks there. And then, you know, J.J.'s decision, which went, uh, uh, what was it, the the day after the parade. So that was the 13th. So that was our January the 14th. McCarthy didn't make his decision. The, the transfer portal quarterback-wise was already picked over, except the guy that went back to Washington. So there could be a factor there too. Like, yeah, they like the guys – that they had, but there was the other guys that might've been that they would have thought about were already gone. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if, 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 if that late JJ deal affected things, but I'm, I'm, I'm believing and I'm hoping that it's the, the fact, the matter is they just got a lot of faith in the guys we have. That's, that's what I'm hoping. Let me yeah. ask you a question, Scar. The, the things have changed in, in football in particular with a completion percentage, but if there's a number, that I noticed that people are zeroing in on. And with Alex Orgy, it's completion percentage. He didn't have a very good completion percentage in high school. Do you think that if he, that he, he has to be above 60%, do you, do you think it can be a little bit higher than that? Is there a number that you would look at and say, Hey, he's got to be a, he's got to be. When you're looking at a quarterback and you look at your offense it's like the, the totality of what this guy gives the offense. You know, I got in a debate with somebody that's telling me, oh, Dan Marino's the best quarterback ever because of his stats. And I'm like, okay, according to you then, that means Lamar Jackson isn't a very good quarterback because he doesn't have a lot of great passing uh, stats. But I don't want to defend either of those guys for, for different reasons. You know what I mean? They're both very difficult to defend. Lamar Jackson, Dan Marino. Same thing looking at our offense. So if you're looking at or Alex Orgy or Tuttle or Denigal, you know, it's like and, – and believe me, Wink Martindale and the defensive coaches at the end of the spring will be able to tell you, you know, okay, wh- what do I get with this guy that I don't have to defend with that guy? You know, what is this guy – so I don't know if I'm answering the question, but you can't you can't just say – well, you know, his his passing percentage was uh, you know, 62.5 and his was uh, 71.3, but this guy can't run. And I can't they don't run these plays with him. And you know, the the uh, and he doesn't make guys miss. Or I can't run naked quarterback, you know, all this other stuff. So you look at the totality of of what the threat is when that guy's behind center compared to the other guy. So uh, yeah, that's how I'm looking at it. If I'm coaching our offense, you know, what does this guy bring? What's the problem? What what kind of problems does he give the defense? And I don't if he's 
if his passing percentage is a little less than that guy, okay, I got to take it into consideration, but I balance, I, I got to take everything into consideration. You know, is he securing the ball? Does he get us in the right play? Does he carry out his fakes? Uh, does he, uh, you know, does he make guys miss? Does he uh, avoid the rush? Does he feel the rush? All, all these little things that don't show up on stats. So, yeah, very good answer. If, if Alex Orgy throws, I don't know, 56% completion, people would be like, oh my God. But if he's running like Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts and he's not throwing any interceptions and you you're go. getting points per drive that are there, right. you're going to be okay. You want him to throw 65%, but uh, throw a couple picks in there? No, whatever that that balance and whatever it is. Yeah, you want him to protect the football. You don't want him to be throwing interceptions. Now, Harbaugh said during the Rose Bowl, availability that Jalen Milrow, the Bama quarterback, was a polished Alex Orgy. Now, Milrow threw two interceptions against Texas in that loss. And then the week later, when they only put up 17 points, he got benched after three games. And this was a guy that led his team to the college football playoffs. All of these things you take into account and you have to remember. But uh, if Orgy is, uh, and he looks like he's a a hell of a runner. What from we've seen, he can, he doesn't go down easy. He can bowl people over and, you know, he's, he, he squats like he's a, a defensive tackle. So I think he could be pretty excited. By the way, Dan Marino, I have him as my fifth greatest quarterback of all time. Currently number five, I have Tom oh, Brady, man. Patrick Mahomes, number two. Uh, he is uh, up on that list. I also have John – I'll put Peyton Manning at three, John Elway, and I'll put Dan Marino at number five on that list. I'm a big Dan Marino guy. All right, that's another argument for another day. But, you know, Denny, I was thinking about this. With Michigan, if we go with Orgy, we're going to be Ravens Midwest. Our offense – Let's go. I like that. It'll look a lot – like and what did the Ravens do? I mean, what did they do this past year? I mean, they had a, they had a, they they made it to the AFC. That's the record in the league. Yeah, but then you know what they did is they 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 minimized the amount of runs for Lamar. You know, and he they still had the threat, and that's the thing I know as a defensive coach. If the threat is there enough that I still have to honor it, it makes all those other plays. Uh, more difficult to, to defend. So, you know, he avoids rush. The unscripted plays that, you know, that a guy like Orgy will be able to do. That, but that's why I like all three of them, those guys, because they can all escape and make and make things happen. I think yeah. I get the I, I get the uh, Ravens, and I think you're, you're on that. I also think a lot of what Jalen Hurts does. Now, Hurts is built like a middle linebacker, and so is Orgy. And for the, the longest time, like, um, Hertz got benched in the championship game by Nick Saban. And then he lost his job the following year to, to Tua. And he came in and, and won the SEC champion. And then he transferred to Oklahoma. His completion percentage was going way up. And then in the NFL, I, I listened to all these scouts, like the scouts that are this week talking about Jalen and Hertz. And, and they said, this guy's not going to be able to play in the NFL. He doesn't throw with anticipation. He can't throw outside the hashes. He can't throw the ball downfield. He's a runner. They bring him in on different. Yeah, they, who did they, they must've asked offensive coaches <laughs> because it's obviously you talk to a defensive guy like me, you know, about Jalen Hurts. Yeah. And Josh Allen. 
you yeah. know, if you're if you're not afraid to run those guys, and that's the only downside, is and they will they will run quarterback ISO with Jalen Hurts and Josh Allen on the goal line. They'll just say forget it. They'll come out empty and run, or lead that back through and run quarterback ISO. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, so, but the big thing with if if you if orgy's our guy, we have to be great with no penalties. We can't get behind the sticks. You know, we don't want to be third and twelve with Alex Orgy. You know, with JJ, that was one thing I think. Again, I'm I, I, maybe I'm not being fair to his ability to throw yet. I got to see it. But you want to keep him with third and four. You know what I mean? But uh, but, at, but to, I think to interrupt you just for a second that. I feel like, and, and I think the conversation here, like the uh, Hurts and, and uh, the Ravens offense, I also think Michigan is going to be a lot like the Lions. I think they're going to be going for it a lot. I think Orgy and the brotherly shove, what, what makes the, the tush push so effective is that you have a quarterback that can squat 700 pounds. Now you have to have a great center too, and I don't know, maybe Crippen won't be able to execute it and – be able to block that. So that's a factor I don't know about. But I do think Orgy, based on how he is built and what I've seen from him already and how he runs the ball like Hurts, I think that there's going to be a lot of brotherly shove in Ann Arbor. Yeah, Danny, let, me, let me say this about that. that. That play, you know, there's a whole lot of technique going on there Yeah, that is unique. You got to be, you know, they, they're doing some things. I think they went and met with some rugby guys. If you ever watch, you know, these the, the New Zealand rugby dudes, you know, and I, but the technique. All blacks? Yeah, you you watch. I love watching that. I've been uh, around the world and watched some of that stuff. Anyway, the technique is unique. It has to be good. You got to have a great center. You got to have the big, you got the quarterback that's benching 600, squatting 600 pounds. So it's not just like, you know, you can just go ahead and run that stuff and it's hard to, you got to have the right personnel. And so that's that, but it's not like you can just, but yeah, orgy is the kind of kid you could run that with a big, strong quarterback, but you got to have a great center too. And, and the technique is, is something that's, but let me just say this too. I, I just have to talk about it, about the, if since we're talking about our offense and what I think is so difficult to defend with the run game, Maryland about three, four years ago, Denny and Mike Loxley's first or second year, had two really good quarterbacks coming back. The first one got knocked out for the whole year, the first game. And the second one was done after the second game of the year. Cause he ran the hell out of them. You follow me? So there's a downside to having that offense, Maryland three, four years ago, look it up. Had, you know, it was playing with his third quarterback the rest of the year. Same thing happened in Minnesota a couple of years ago. They lost both their first two quarterbacks. You know, and Danny, I faced guys as a high school coach, you know, and they they run their quarterback. And now here I am playing them, you know, week five or six. And they got some third string kid in there. And he's he's complaining to me, you know, before the game, you talk to the coach, you know, and he's complaining to me, oh, yeah, you know, I got my quarterback hurt. I got this. Like, I'm thinking to myself, well, that's because you run run them like that. You don't protect them. I said, I got no – I'm thinking, I got no sympathy for you, man, because you're one of them guys that want to run your quarterback so much. Or there's there's some of these other guys that want to run spread offense, put two receivers there, two receivers there with an average quarterback, and then they're afraid to run their quarterback. And I'm like, I'm not honoring any of that stuff your past game. So people have to honor our spread formation and all the stuff that Jerry was showing 
And then when you got the ability to run it too, it's very difficult to defend. We just got to be smart with how much you do it. And like the Ravens did. I think the Ravens did this last year. And you answered it earlier with with Lamar and how Baltimore's doing that. The the Bills tried to do that. I said, look, Josh Allen, we don't want you bowling guys over. And then the the offense went downhill. They fired their offensive coordinator, and then they said, we want Josh, just go out there and cook. Then he started doing it again, and it worked. That I don't know where the, the sweet spot is. You get a Josh Allen, you get a Lamar Jackson, you know, those guys, you got a Jalen Hurts, you got an Alex Orgy, you let those guys go a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, and you have to, and, and, and the, I always felt the greatest thing way to prevent injuries is right now what's going on in that weight room. Get guys strong. You get as much muscle and you get them strong and you, you know, teach them good technique. You know, Danny, I'm going to respond to a question. It's not on our list here, but oh, one of our listeners last week talked about that maybe we should, because we're going to have a young offensive line, that maybe we should just run zone and not as much of our other stuff, you know, some of our gap stuff. And and I found that the the answer if you got a young offensive line, it's the same thing it has as having older dudes, man. The way you help an offensive line is by putting defenses in conflict, Denny. By meaning you're going to block them different ways. You know, you just don't say, hey, we're going to knock them off the ball. You know, we're going to trap them. We're going to double team them. We're going to zone them. We're going to gap them. That's how you help an offensive line, and that's what our offensive philosophy is: is to put defenses in conflict. So, the answer to that question is: How do you help a young offensive line by doing all the things we've been doing with, especially with now with the running quarterback in there, with the guy that can do all those things? That puts a defense in more conflict. So you run your zone, you run your power, your counter tray, your counter, your gaps, your RPO. You know the jet sweeps and your quarterback ISO, and that makes it that that is the stuff that makes it tough on a defense. And uh, anyway, I just I wanted to say that you don't you don't eliminate things, you you just do things that put defenses in conflict. I don't know if this is silly or not. I don't know if uh, TH is actually you know he's talking about running the wishbone back when you played. I the Harbaugh down on the in some short yarded situations actually did run the uh, wishbone. I think Morris one time and against Iowa went the wrong way and Harbaugh threw it out there. That wasn't so good. But you said a couple of weeks ago that even if Orgy isn't the quarterback, he's going to be in the backfield at times. And, and so then let's say you got Denigal, you got Orgy, you, you've got uh, – you could have uh, Khalil Mullings back there. You have the pieces where – and, and didn't Michigan run a, a side-by-side down there at the goal line a, a few times? And they had Corum to the left. And Yeah, we ran some two-back stuff. And uh, No, Denny, I think no matter who the starting quarterback is, there's going to be – if, it, if it's not Alex Orgy, there's going to be a huge portion for him. I believe that. Because that is what I would not want to have to prepare for. If I'm Texas, you know, i got to deal with an Orgy package too. So it's I don't want to deal with that. And Scott, Michigan coaches know that, that that's a problem. So, but you know, listen, I'm looking at our, Denny, I'm, again, I'm looking at our offense and I, I just think we have, we got big tackles that can, we can run all this. I think our guards are going to be every bit as athletic, if not more athletic uh, than we've had guys that can pull. 
you know, and I, and we've seen the Crippen can pull. So we should be able to run all the same stuff we ran. The only question I have is how athletic is Gentry pulling and Hinton pulling? Cause we were able to do a lot of that with, uh, with Trent A. Jones. The kid was very athletic. And those are things that help your offense when you've got all five of your offensive linemen, you know, you can pull them and do different things because that it gives you advantages offensively. The last thing you said you were going to talk about was that Sharon Moore, something that he has to do. I wonder if this is involved with this because Ferris is saying that Orgy is gone. If he is not the starter, there's too much talent to waste on the sideline. Now, now Ferris could be correct, but how is Orgy going to know if he's the starter if Sharon Moore doesn't declare even during the practices that he's the starter and he's splitting the reps? So like, there's a way that you have to go about this as a coach now and in the spring so you don't have guys transferring even into fall camp. Is that correct with how things work now? Yeah with the transfer portal that how you're going to play this. If you're Sharon Moore and company. Yeah, Danny, listen, if, the if, Sharon Moore wants to have depth at the quarterback position when Texas rolls in town. Okay. We don't want to have one guy and two of them gone with a true freshman as our backup. You don't want it okay. to be orgy with when Jaden Davis one, two, you, you okay. don't want to be just orgy with, you know, with, uh, Tuttle gone and, and Denigal gone, and then here you are with a true – no, you don't want that. You want three guys that can – you can go out there and play with. So how do you do that as a coach? Well, let me tell you how you do it. You go out and you tell you tell Denigal publicly that he's the best, most improved player on the team. So what does that do for Denigal? It gives him confidence, right? The coaches like what I'm doing. Uh, I, I feel good about my chances. So they made a public statement, right, Denny? If you're orgy, you feel you have a great chance to start because, well, they played the heck out of me. I played in games. I had a package. I played against, uh, you know, in, in, in the against Washington, against Alabama. So he's going to feel confident he has a chance to start. And the same thing with Tuttle. They brought me back for a seventh year. I got to believe the kid thinks he has a chance to start. Okay, so you got all three of them. So – Denny, what they do, they're going to go through spring football. And if I'm the head coach of Michigan, I'm not tipping my hand at all because I want them – because exactly what that last caller said, you know, the, one of them guys are going to pack their bags. You know, who wants to be the third-string guy? And that's the that is the – that goes into the, the thing that I said Sharon Moore has to do. That is it. He has to keep – and this is a test of his leadership or his cunning – you know, cunningness because – you know, Jim didn't – that's why Jim had the McNamara. He waited till he let those guys play that out. Remember J.J. and, and McNamara? Because he wanted to have two good quarterbacks. You know what I mean? He didn't want McNamara packing his bags in, in, in July, and now he's got one quarterback. So he waited and waited and waited. Is it fair to the kid? Well, whatever. But a coach has to try to have depth and keep his depth. So that's – I would if I'm coaching Michigan's offense, I want all three of those guys back. So that's what Sharon, that's the biggest thing he has to do is keep all three of those quarterbacks back uh, because we want to run our quarterbacks. We want to have depth. And if we lose one of them, now we got, we still got two that can go. Nobody loves the slant route more than Antoine. (laughs) 
who wanted to see Michigan incorporate more route trees and definitely wanted to see Michigan put more slants in their offense. And, and here is Antoine saying, talking about slants and how they must be in the system. I, we'll have to wait and see. You know, you, Danny, uh, Antoine, sometimes you have quarterbacks, there's certain routes that some guys complete and can do better than others. So, you know, if that's something that uh, certain players can do better, uh, you, you, Michigan just got to design the system around orgy. And I think Kurt Campbell is smart enough to know this. That's from AJ on the feedback. Yeah, you know, and, and that's coaching, Danny, is, you know, people ask about what, what are we going to run? What, what you, you, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to find out about your team in these 15 practices. There may be some plays offensively that we just cannot run as well as we did last year with, because maybe Corum did a better job with it or certain players. Like I talked about tackles being able to pull. You know, you're going to look at your offensive line. What can these guys do? You know, how do I, you know, how, what, 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 what can these receivers do? So that's, and what can these quarterbacks do? You know, so that's what they're looking at. What, what, do we, what can we do? What can we not do? And, and you go from there. And you don't try to force stuff you can't do. And then the defense is just happy with that. But, um, Anyway, that's some of that stuff. Danny, I don't know, there were some good questions that were coming up. I wish I, I could have jumped on. Well, I can go back and put some of them out there. Is the the final thing that you said this is something that Jerome Moore has to do? Was that directed at that was, the, yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the final. That is the yeah. right now. Jerome Moore has done everything that I could have asked for. He's hired a great defensive staff. He made the right moves on offense. He he hasn't had players leaving, but he's got to th this is the leadership. And his ability to talk to and communicate with those three guys and find a way to keep all three of those quarterbacks, because I, I think we can win with all three of them. I, we just, I don't know which one's going to come out number one, but I think he's got to try to keep all three of them on the roster. You said to answer some questions. Ferris wants to talk draft. He says a lot of these guys are not likely uh, first three-round selections. Are we going to break the record of 15 drafted? We could, and again, a lot of those guys were invited. I think maybe, maybe not because they're the fastest, the best uh, testing guys, because they're Michigan, and, and people know what they're getting with Michigan from a work ethic culture. Uh, be great to see it, man. That would be uh, that'd be that, that all that stuff helps recruiting, Danny, big time. Sure, you know when you can uh, when you can go in there, and I guarantee you, there there will be some kind of signage. It'll be on the recruiting booklets, whatever, you know, 18 guys invited to the combine, you know, how many did Michigan state have? You know what I mean? It'll be there, man. That stuff will be on, on there when they're to, uh, to, to, to win the recruiting battles. Yeah. I think you've got some dudes that maybe they can, when you start talking about fifth, sixth, seventh round, you get to Carson Barnhart and Trent A. Jones and Michael Barrett, uh, there's three that I would say would probably project to the later rounds. I mean, you can go in the fifth, and then if you're going to the sixth and seventh rounds, probably best for those guys not to get drafted, so then they can go and pick the place that they want to go. But, uh, you know, so out of the 18 that you're talking about, there's three right there. It could be, it could be tough. could happen, but uh, if I had to predict, I would say no. But I, I, I want to immediately say yes, but it kind of makes me feel like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Drake Nugent will be picked. For sure he'll be picked. I don't know that he's going to be picked for sure. So 
Uh, I would say no. His records are, you know, they're hard to break. You know, they got a lot of the invitees there, so it makes you think. And Michigan just won the national championship. Okay, so you don't, the yeah, you don't you don't think we're going to have fifteen players drafted? Uh, I would say it's going to be a little short of that. Yeah. Okay, I bet you a hamburger. Okay, let's we're go. We're going to have fifteen guys drafted. Good bet. Good bet. I like okay. this, and I like Burger King. Hey, if that's what you want, I was I was somewhere, <laughs> I was thinking somewhere nice. You know, okay, like Danny, any other questions? There were some good questions. We're, we're peel some of them back real quick. All right, let's go through some of these. Let's go to Ferris, who says he thinks orgy is Milrow. That's going to be an optimistic dream. Do you see that? You know, very similar, man. You know, very similar guys. You know, everybody was – he made his first start early in the year. Texas got him at the right time last year, and then the kid improved tremendously. And they limited his runs, but his ability to run was huge. He could be that kind of guy, man. You know, the thing yeah. I have a hard time to believe, and I'm and a hard time believing it, and I've seen Orgy in the spring game. I saw him in the Rose Bowl in the championship game, but he doesn't look like he's 10, 15 pounds and an inch taller than Milrow just from watching him on TV, and yet he's listed as an inch taller and in, in 15 pounds heavier. I do go back to uh, Harbaugh saying that that Milrose a more polished orgy, thinking that if you just get those reps, that's polishing. Right now, he's polishing himself hey, up. Man, I, I stood next to uh, Junior and Alex Orgy. Or Alex Orgy looks like he could play linebacker tomorrow. Okay. Okay. So he he's uh you know he's a put together kid, man. And you saw him running dudes over, man. Ao says the Michigan's got to lean on the run game, and as long as all three quarterbacks can execute the play action, Michigan's offense will be all right. You agree on that? Yeah, you know we, we're going to have, uh, uh, you know, we're going to always uh, have our run game going like that, and but we've got to be able to show early that we can throw it. People, people, listen. If I'm if I'm Fresno State and I'm coming into uh, Ann Arbor, I'm. I don't care who the quarterback is. I'm loading up and do everything I can to stop that run game. The way UNLV and those guys did, you know, I'm out, man. I'm not going to let you just hand the ball off to, you know, uh, to Mullings or to Donovan. I'm going to do everything I can. And I'm going to force you to see who can throw the ball for Michigan. Maybe play some zero coverage. That's what I would do if I'm, if I'm Fresno state. Sam says he likes Samaj Morgan. He reminds him of a young Desmond at times. I said on Monday that Samaj Morgan reminded me of Antonio Brown when he played for the Steelers. What about you? Yeah, he's an athletic kid, man. We can run jet sweep with him. Um, yeah, he's a uh, he's a wiry, fast, athletic kid, man. He makes people miss when he gets the ball. He catches everything. And I like guys we can run jet sweep with and throw little – I, the, I like the guys you can throw a little five-yard pass and they can turn it into 50, you know? So, yeah, he's a, he's a heck of an athlete. All right. As you're looking for questions, Danny, here's another thing I I, I saw that I, I, I really like. I like the fact that Mike McDonald hired Chris Partridge. Okay. When you're coaching, when you're building, when you have a culture the way Jim had things, we all know what happened to Chris to Partridge. But you know what? McDonald said, you know what? You're a Michigan guy. You were you, they weren't even coaching together. But there's something there. That says something about loyalty for the whole culture of 
the the Harbaugh's in, in Baltimore, the Harbaugh here, McDonald, Jim hired McDonald when he was a little assistant. He helped him out, made him his court. You know what? And he goes and hires Chris Partridge. Th those are little favors that come around. You know, Danny, obviously, you know, the guy can coach too. Yes. I like that. That that's that's called loyalty, man. That's called loyalty that one of my guys found a way to help out a guy that was that was fighting for us. And people are going to have their opinions about it, but I like it. The book, yeah, I, I like that too. That that is nice. And the, the bottom line is, he's a good coach. And when he was first at Michigan, people talk. Oh, he's just an. They, everybody would say you hear this a lot. He's an ace recruiter. And then when he came back, people were like, he's an ace recruiter. But when he came back, all of those players and even the coaches, when they talked about the defense and so what makes the defense so good, they talked about these pillars. And that's Partridge was the one that put the pillars in, what these these pillars that they were looking for that they had to meet. Jalen Harrell like talking about the, the the pillars that they were going after. And and that was something that Partridge put into place there. So that was uh or whatever, he uh, he definitely got a lot of uh, of players and even some coaches that referenced that. Uh, yeah, the, the guy can coach, and I just I like the fact that yeah. you know that's a, that's one of my guys or one of Jim's guys, and you know we're kind of helping each other. That's there's a fraternity in coaches, and you got to network to get jobs. And then McDonald go ahead and hires he hires Jay Harbaugh too. So you know that was that's good stuff, man. How about McCarthy? I, I know I've asked you already about the pros, but Moose is saying throwing at the combine might bump him up to number one. Is it tough? JJ, a lot JJ's, of quarterbacks there. What do you think about? Well, we've seen the kid throw, and, and you know, and he's an impressive kid. I, I watched him in at practice, and he's an impressive kid uh, throwing the ball in person. Uh, you know, he's a yeah, he's got a good, strong arm, man. And he's healthy. George is talking about he looks faster too. Yeah, he's been healthy. He's he ran around beat up probably for half the year. You know, he didn't he didn't have his speed like he had it uh, early in the year. But anyway, yeah, JJ's got a lot of a lot to offer, man. I'm interested to see where some of these guys go. Yeah, well, we know he's going to be in the first round. There was a column yesterday by Dan Wetzel who says JJ McCarthy is the one the player that gets signaled out that people do deep dives on that. There's this wide variance. Some people have already seen this. Some of the draft experts of saying that he could be the number two player off the board behind Caleb Williams. Others don't think that he should be drafted in the first round at all. A lot of the, the guys that do this and that are draft of guys draft people. They're saying it's tough because of his film. He doesn't throw it. You know, there's a limited amount there, so you have to look at some of the other stuff. But when you do look at his film, I know this when they look at the film, his best thing is probably the thing he's going to have to also work on the most is that you better be able to snap the ball and whatever the, uh, the, the to be in rhythm or to be on time on schedule, they like to call it in the pros and, and probably in college too, is that he can just stand back in the pocket and he can fire the football. That's the number one thing you got to be able to do in the pros. And he can do that, but he does tend to – the ball flies a little bit on him. So I think that he'll I, – I think he could tighten that up, his, his, uh, his accuracy on those type of throws downfield. I also wonder – you know, uh, A.J. was talking about 
the slants. They didn't throw a lot of those at Michigan. It was because they didn't want – he threw them too hot, and it was a turnover. But the other thing that J.J. Uh, did not do when they got down in the 10, certainly down to the 5, and that was a lot probably because of Corum was so good at they didn't throw a lot of uh, jump balls to any receivers either, and that, that's got to have a little touch to it. They didn't do a lot of – they didn't throw a lot of screens uh, either, which also you got to have a little bit of a touch on as well. And, and I wonder if that's something that um, – that he'll demonstrate on Saturday uh, when he's throwing the ball at the combine or something that he's working at, if there is something there. I'm not saying that uh, I'm marking him down at all. I think he's as got as good a chance as any of those guys at being uh, the quarterback of this draft class. But those are those are two things in particular, the uh, the jump balls, the screens, and then that, that 25, 30-yarder down the field, which is his, he's great at making those throws, but he also, I think, just needs to improve, tighten that up a little bit. Yeah, J, you know, J.J., uh, looking at him and listening to him, you know, if you're thinking about drafting somebody, he, he really, really shows me a lot of the stuff you don't see on film. You know, he's a team guy. He's a tough guy. He's, you know, he's a humble guy. And and, and those are things you want in your quarterback. You know, he's, he's never done nothing stupid off the field. You know, that you, you want that in your quarterback, man. It's so important. Um, you know, so yeah, I hope, I hope, uh, AO, I hope Marlon Klein is a, is a guy, man. I hope he's a, 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 the guy that gives us the blocking tight end and another option there. And, and, uh, in pre-scorn is going to give us Denny pre-scorn is going to give us what Loveland gave us as a freshman. I just have a good feeling about, I watched that kid play in high school the kid from Rochester here, he's a hell of an athlete, man. 6'6", six, six, runs, jumps. He's going to give us uh, – he'll split them out. He'll give it, He'll be a problem. Rochester Adams, you're right. All right, that's good stuff, Scar. You know, I, I know yeah. – I, I, I didn't know that you traveled the world and, and watched rugby. You, you did not know that the outside center for the Menwith Hill Quakers – uh, for two years was none other than me and also the the MVP of the uh, uh, Amsterdam 92 tour for the men with mongrels was also me MVP of the Amsterdam uh, tour so how about that you're you're a multi-talented athlete Danny outside center, in- outside center mostly but in in uh out of necessity in Amsterdam on that tour they they moved me out to wing which you have to have a lot of wheels and I yeah. necessarily didn't have that but I could hey, I was in uh I was in Kenya watching uh rugby you know they do their scrum and they're flicking the ball you know how they flick the ball you yeah. want to talk about some unbelievable athletes I saw in Kenya in Africa and you know these dudes were on and the collisions no pads no nothing I saw. I mean, I, I actually told some people in Ann Arbor to go go take a look at some of these guys that are playing rugby. How fast and how tough uh, playing that game, and, and it, I was really impressed with the athleticism and toughness of these guys, man. Yeah, well, the you mentioned the uh, the All Blacks in New Zealand down there in South Africa, the the Springboks. They're the yeah they're yeah the the, the, the Yep, it's them and the New Zealand. Those are the two best teams, man. Traditionally, you're right. Yeah. They're right. I know all about it, Danny. I'm a, I'm all over it, man. I'm on. I'm I'm not just a football guy. I, I look at sports. Yeah, well, 
the rugby, it's a heck of a lot like football. So. Well, the, the, the big tackle from the Philadelphia Eagles, didn't they find that guy playing rugby in New Zealand? A big six seven monster guy. They found that Johnson, yeah, whatever he is. He the, the big Samoan guy. I think they oh. found him in New Zealand. He was a big rugby guy. Unbelievable okay. athlete, and they made a tackle out of him. Okay. All right. Well, I, I won the uh the MVP in uh Amsterdam more for my exploits at the uh the the bullfrog and impersonating a <laughs> Uh, a Scotsman and an Englishman all week. It had really nothing to do with what was going on on the field. <laughs> it's off the field, which I was, uh, but I still, still got that trophy to this day. All right, Scott, great job today. Yeah, you really brought it. You, you, uh, you were, you were tearing off the, the edge. And I wondered if you would get to the quarterback and you answered the question in, in the first yeah, minute. Danny, the, 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 the top skill, one of the top skills we're looking at these, I'm going to close on this. All right. You watch college basketball now. And I think one of the greatest skills a head football coach, head basketball have has to have at the college level is talent management. Who do I got? What's out there in the transfer portal? What kind of recruits am I bringing in? I got to be great at managing that talent. You know, that's something Jim did a great job with, bringing them guys in. Sharon is not bringing many. He feels he has what he needs. So I just want to close on that. And I think he's, he, he feels great with what we have. And I'm, I'm fired up that uh, that's where we're at. So I'm going to close on that. If you want to give a comment, go blue. There you go, Scar. I just went on a, uh, a sad note, but I want to recognize John. Oh, no. Say, uh, Craig Rowe, the, the former Wolverine who played 2009 oh, no. 2012. Uh, did pass away this week of colon cancer, 33 years old. And John says he was a bright spot during some dark times. In oh, he was a great field. player from Arizona, Taylor Lewan's buddy. I watched him play. I was at practice and watching him. He played early as a freshman. So sad, so young. 33 Terrible. years old. Rest no in peace. To his family, no doubt about that. All right, Scar, we will talk with you next week. All so right, Danny, go blue. There he is, Jim Scarcelli. Smash that, uh, the like button.